Hi guys, happy Friday before Thanksgiving, right? Oh my gosh, I feel like Halloween was just yesterday. Um, just want to jump right in, but I do have a few little rants um, to discuss. I, I'm going to cover it all, but I'm just extremely, extremely annoyed that Peter just keeps dodging in and out, even in Friday's episode. Okay, he came back, but the fact that he always escapes is just, I can't deal. It's so annoying. We need to figure out, we need to do better. We need to do better. And I mentioned a few podcasts ago how I really wanted more material or better material for Gladys, and they really have been utilizing her and doing a good job, and she has been vital in this whole Bailey Louise storyline. And of course, with the whole Sasha and Brando thing, which we'll discuss, but bravo, bravo, chef's kiss to Gladys. All right, here we go. Um, Monday, we're at the gallery. We're at the Savoy. <laughs> where um with Scott and Vic and can I tell you how hot Victor looks all shabby in jail uniform I always thought Mr. Mr. Sheffield was good looking but I love his swag during this and I think it's so funny how him and Robert kind of get at Scott about like how he's an ambulance chaser and all this stuff but um you know Scott, um, Victor needs Scott and Robert doesn't want no problems with Scott. But it's funny because Scott is representing somebody who, like he said, tossed him off a plane. <laughs> and he tells, and Robert tells Scott, like, uh, Baldwin, this is bigger than a, bigger than a slip and fall. <laughs> it is so funny, but so, so good. I'm here for this storyline. Again, we don't really know where Victor ended up going after he was released, except that they locked Scott back in jail. Um, I think it was temporary. I think it was just a joke so that he doesn't follow Victor. But I thought that was pretty funny. Um, if we go I the only reason I brought up the gallery, because I really thought Victor was going to pop up at the gallery at some point between Monday and what Wednesday. I really thought he was going to pop up, but he didn't. Just to kind of stun Ava and Nicholas. So I wonder... I get wonder if like next week you they get home and he's at the castle. He's at the castle, so we'll see um, what happens there. But I thought that was pretty funny. While Scott basically makes a deal with the devil and Robert make basically makes a deal with the devil, we have Valentine and Anna in the hospital room of the soldier, and I loved you see like little snippets of old Valentine coming through threatening the soldier like ready to poke that empty syringe in him like I loved the little evilness of it all and then we see it again which I'll touch base on on Friday when he comes at BLQ but um it's like what was all that for when they ended up letting Victor out anyway I know that I think it was just writers and directors wanting to show us like how quote-unquote good Valentine and Anna are as a team I don't know. I do like Anna and I like Valentine. Not sure if I'm here for them together, though. I know there's a lot of fans and people rooting for them, but I would like this whole the whole fallout of BLQ and Valentine. I love and it just it's so good. And the icing on the cake would have been if they had romantically fell for each other. In my opinion, that per, the perform. I mean, I feel like how can you top those performances anyway? But the icing on the cake just would have been if there was some sort of romantic involvement because, you know, it just would have been a whole lot better, I think. Since we're on the topic of BLQ and Gladys and Valentine and all that, um, I thought it was pretty funny how <laughs> she was complaining to Sasha and Brando about like, I'm all right, I just have to work eight hours. Like, who the hell has to work eight hours? Like, are you kidding me? Um, everything, everything about her this week is just so funny. Um We'll touch base on, you know, the hows and the whys, but when her and poor Sasha get locked into that back room and she's like, we're going to sue Ava, get some free paintings, and I'll sell those paintings too. <laughs> like, legit, it was so funny. But you kind of sort of felt a little bad for her right before Sasha and Brando invite her to the show, the Nat Geo show. And, you know, you really like... It's like, yeah, she's one lonely woman. You know, her cousins want nothing to do with her. Her quote-unquote family wants nothing to do with her. Poor Sasha and Brando, like, have to deal with it to a degree. So it's cute that they put up with it, and it's cute that Sasha invited her. Um, but then it's, it's real quick. 
real quick because then she eyes Kip at the uh, gallery and she starts going in on him and then obviously figures out, okay, you were hired, you're an actor, what the hell's going on here? And she was going to start gunning for more from BLQ until they got locked in there, which we'll touch base on. But um, just awesome. And then we have um, BLQ telling Chase, uh, making up this whole lie about why she had the baby in Ithaca, whatever the heck the name, the town of the name is. And it was pretty compelling. It was honestly pretty compelling if we were talking about a Valentine from three years ago. But we're talking about Valentine now. And I kind of felt like if it was an evil Valentine now, that Chase would have fell for it. And he even said, he's like, oh, pretty compelling if it was true. He obviously figures it out. But um, she's she's really good at what she does. She's really good at what she does. But I kind of like, I guess Friday we see how it all plays out. But at first I was like, you're like, fall back. You're so annoying. Obviously, he's a detective. He does this for a living. So when he gets a hunch, he's going to act on it. But a part of me just felt like, are you at this point, are you only invested because of Maxie's baby? Are you only invested because you really think Brooklyn was lying to you? Like, which one is it? You know, Uh, we also get little tiny little um, Nick and Ava angst. Um, You know, Ava's kind of like, I know he's up to something. Nick thinks he could just pull the wool over her eyes. And he's kind of being sure with her, not telling her everything. I still think even though he's honest, or like Victor's out, blah, blah, blah. He's obviously holding back, but we do get the small angst. But I just put that aside. I love, love and so proud. Like, I feel like I know her, but I'm just so proud of uh, Trina putting this together. Ava backing her, Ned backing her, which we do get another Ned and Ava sighting sidebar. Um, So I was happy. Obviously, we see... um, Esme trying to get a little messy and I loved Portia's little small read on Esme throwing her small shade and uh you know of course she was trying to sabotage the situation and then trying to like have Joss turn on Cam and Trina or Joss wasn't there but like oh she's trying to like point out that like Trina and Cam are like doing stuff behind Joss's back like just Everything she was doing was just stupid, messy. No one's buying her stuff. I just loved how everyone kind of brushed it off like, bye. Except for Cam. I, I was a little annoyed that Cam felt like he just had to prove a point. Like, whatever. Um, but it was cute just seeing, like, Portia and Trina um, kind of have their little mother-daughter moment. And Portia being so proud. But uh, I feel like she she's a little nervous when she was talking to, like, Nick and Ava. I don't know if it's... I mean, I... You know, I love the actress and I love Portia, but I don't know if it was just like bad acting or if it's intentional because I feel like if she was trying to play angry, she looked nervous around them. So I kind of was confused about that. You know, again, we see her coming in hot with Nick, like maybe you could learn something from your son or maybe your son could teach his dad something, which was, you know, I get it. Ouch. I get it. Um, But yeah, I just felt some sort of like timid, timidness. Um, on Portia's end. I'm sorry. And then we get the beautiful, I'm sorry, the beautiful monologue of Curtis and Poppy. Um, I already forgot what his name was. Marshall or something? I don't know. But um, obviously we find out who the Poppy is. <laughs> and it's Cur- he's Curtis's dad, of course, which we knew. Um, and we knew that Poppy got Novak, got, gutted um, Vincent. Of course we knew that. Um, when he took his hat off though, I was like, yeah, they're definitely father and son. Cause they were both shiny bald head dudes. But, um, I love, I love, like, I love the acting. I love Curtis. Honestly, I, I love, I love the character, but he is really, he was, he really shined through this. And, um, you know, Poppy had some good acting. He did a lot of listening though, but I just loved everything about it. He couldn't get a word out because Curtis was just going in and in. Obviously, I'm sure he faked his death for mob purposes, in my opinion. But I also love how he acknowledged, like, hey, I'm here. I may not fit in your life at this point in your life. I understand, but I just want to let you know I'm here. I'm who I am to you. And if we could figure this out, great. If not, I understand. And Curtis didn't want to hear, which I completely understand, too. And I loved his, you know, I just loved the emotion behind it. Like, yo, you, 
like me, my aunt, my brother, like we grieved you. We were trying to figure out how, you know, how to make it from one day to the next, pinching pennies. And you just left. Obviously, he left to keep them safe. He, they're, he, they're, the mob was probably threatened to come after him and the family. So it was better to play dead, I'm sure. But one of the most, the most important lines of that last scene that really touched me and really gutted me was when he said, you, you, put, in motion a, you put in motion a lifetime of uncertainty and st- instability. And shame the devil tell the truth, Curtis. Like, let me tell you how true that is in any case where a parent is just not in your life and leaves, whether it's on purpose, whether at the time they thought he died, whatever it is, at a, such a young age, you realize, damn, things could change in a matter of seconds. Like I could really lose a loved one in a matter of a second, which some people could argue maybe it's better to learn that at a young age, but then you kind of lose the innocence of it all. Um, I know I lost someone very important to me. I was probably in kindergarten. I still remember that day, how it played out and the emotion and the grief days after. And I was so young, but I kind of, I really understood it at the time. And I, sometimes I feel like it, grief is grief. And when you lose people, it's sad, but I feel like what it did to me was make me kind of toughen up when it came to loss. I don't know. I could be wrong, but just that line right there. I don't, I don't know who wrote that last line for Curtis, but I'm sure I'm not the only one who really understood and felt that. All right, so Tuesday we get like the real, real show, the real Nat Geo show of the gallery. And I think it is awesome. We get to see a lot of the pictures. I think the message behind it was great. And again, I'm just so proud of Trina. And I'm so happy that the GH writers didn't let Esme sabotage that for her. Just as for the actress, for the character, I'm just so happy that, I mean, I'm not happy that Sasha and Gladys ended up in the back room. Obviously, it gave for good television and entertainment, but I'm just so proud of General Hospital, ABC, all of them, that they gave her this moment, Um, and I'll rave about her. I just love this actress, Um, but I just wonder, you know, because they donated a check, like, you know, on the show, they donate a check. So I'm just wondering if like GH, ABC, Disney, like actually donated to the cause too. None of my business, but it's not just about, you know, publicizing it. Like I would hope that they kind of wrote a check too, my opinion. I am a little low-key upset that Joss wasn't there. I know in real life, the actress has volleyball practice, but they couldn't have scheduled it differently. The fact that Joss wasn't there and Esme was able to kind of cause trouble and linger and lock whoever, you know, lock Gladys and Sasha in the back room, intending it to be Trina. And I just, uh, something didn't sit right with me about Joss not being there, honestly. And Esme just needs to sit down somewhere. She really, like Trina told her, she really doesn't understand the concept of friendship. And I really sat on that for a little bit. She really doesn't. So she doesn't understand that Trina and Jocelyn are best friends and Trina and Cam could be friendly and there doesn't have to be anything funny or serious about that or, you know, conniving about it. But she doesn't understand that. She wants to be friends with them, but she's like, but you can't be friends with my man. So she might learn a few things from the Port, Port Charles um, young adult crew because, and maybe it'll make her into a better person, but we still don't know her backstory. We still don't know how crazy this girl is, but we do. That is so true. Like Trina told her, you really don't understand the concept. So I'm curious to see if she evolves as a character or just becomes like another Nell, just going down a rabbit hole of evilness. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, Spencer is like pining over Trina, looking at her. She has to deal with that too. She has to deal with the fact that like, just as a girl in general who has a boyfriend, she has to deal with the fact that like, dang, like this girl has some sort of impact on you. So I get the jealousy there. I just don't get how she is like, let's all be friends. Let's all go to the cabin. And then just trying to come in between their group. I just, I don't get it. We'll see more. We'll see why. Obviously she was raised by wolves. Um, 
Ryan could be one half of that part, but we don't know yet. We don't know. We're still at the gallery. We see little, small little quarrel and bicker between Gladys and BLQ, which obviously blows up later in the week after Gladys finds out who Kip really is. Um, and then we see some Ned and Olivia angst, and he's like, you know, she was just like, I'm just running out of adjectives to describe you, which I thought was so cute. And him just being there for her and Leo, it's just, I love it. It's good seeing the little bickering and the arguing because Olivia is just good at being mad and happy and sad. She plays every emotion very well. And it's good with like Ned too, you know, he's, he is, he really is a stand-up guy. He's messed up a few times. Yes. But all in all, I don't think he's a villain and I want to see them work it out. And Obviously, we see Liv come to that realization when they end up finding Leo at the pier and Ned has done his research and done some reading about where he could find him. And if it wasn't for Ned getting 10 steps ahead of this, who knows what could have happened to Leo, you know? And I think Livia's coming to that realization. Yes, she's scared. Yes, this is a reality that she now has to accept and go through the process but she doesn't have to do it alone. Obviously, she has Ned there, do, again, doing the research, reading up on all these things. And then they're going to go to get professional help. And I just think it's going to be a very beautiful, beautiful story. We see Brando and Sasha being all cute at the gallery. Figure Sasha already knows she's having a boy. They're trying to figure out if Brando wants to find out. Obviously, he does, which is a cute moment. They're so cute. They're... You know, they're a little La La Landish, but they're cute. Obviously, the them conceiving the baby wasn't in the most old-fashioned way, in the most conservative way. They weren't together. They weren't married. But I think it's cute how the story is evolving, so I'm not mad at it. Um, and I it was about time she has this baby. It's about time. I feel like she's been pregnant for about a year almost, and I know I'm exaggerating, but I feel like she's been pregnant forever. We're still at the gallery really quick. I just had to point this out. I'm sure and I'm not the first one who noticed how we actually finally get a real kiss between Nicholas and Ava. Um, not sure how that happened. I'm happy for it. Uh, it's good to see it. We don't just see the camera kind of slide off, even though it's still kind of sexy. They still kind of made it sexy when you saw her shoes or the stuff on the floor and you saw like her pull them in. They still made it very sexy, but we get the real kiss. Was happy to see that. And now we're leaving the gallery. And we're back at the hospital where Valentina and Anna are just talking about how they're going to get Peter and um, Valentine and Robert have a little quarrel, which I thought is really cute how they'll argue a little bit. But, you know, Anna's like, I just don't know how Britt, Drew, Liesel, and Jason all ended up, you know, captured by Peter. Yeah, Anna, we don't know either because that was supposed to be the case. You were supposed to go and help out and catch Peter. And of course, another failed mission. And yes, at this point, get it done. Can you really end it at this point? Are they going to show up like at Crete on Monday, like what's gonna happen? Because this is just getting crazy. Meanwhile, we haven't seen Jason. Supposed we there? What are they supposed to be captured for? What ten days? I don't know. Jason looks good as hell. Hair nice, gel and slicked back. Um, look like he's getting a shower every day. We see a cute little Brit and Lisa reunion. Um, and you know Brit's coming for Peter. She's like telling him like you really live in a sick fantasy world. And you need to get over yourself. Maxie doesn't watch you. The fact that you have to, quote unquote, condition her is annoying as it is. But he's a maniac. The fact that he makes them do a video, like he's on some terrorist stuff. Um, and then, you know, he finally brings Brit to Jason, which I didn't really understand the whole point of that. But she gave him a hug, passed him the tarot card. That's what it looks like. But... um. It was cute. Again, we're not really sure what's going on with Steve Burton, but it was so cute to see um, the the cute, the small little moments between um, Brit and Jason. Wow. All right. So the aftermath of Leo being found is all well and dandy. Trina and Esme are talking about, you know, 
people running away and how Spencer used to run away. And Trina's like, yeah, but you had your chauffeur. <laughs> and then we see like a sloppy ass kiss between Spencer and Esme. Just not cute. Not just nothing about that kiss was appeasing. Um, and then we see, obviously, Brando finds Sasha, takes her to the hospital, and it's about that time. Um, I love how Maxie was just being there to support her. And she's like, Maxie, I'm going to be a mom. And Maxie's like, you already were. You're just getting, you're just going to get to know the baby now. So I thought that was so cute and just so special. And you see kind of a tad bit of Gladys's um, innocence kicking. Not not so much innocence, but like she's like, I don't want nothing from BLQ at this point. Now I'm just going to freaking air your secret out because you put my grand, my grandson in danger. Or, or I don't think she knew it was a boy, but you put my grandchild in danger. In danger. And she was kind of cute being there for Sasha. But you saw like, oh, hell no, <laughs> which I thought was, you know, we saw some we saw like Grandmama Bear come out. So hopefully we get more of that Gladys as the baby's born, as time goes on, because this, the gig is up. So she can't really get anything out of Brooklyn and Brooklyn may might as well just fire her at this point, which I don't think Sasha would really blame her. But now she's family now to Sasha. So we'll see how that plays out. We're still at the hospital and we see an Alexis and Sunny reunion. My heart. I loved every, I loved their friendship. I loved their friendship back in the 90s when she was his lawyer. I didn't like how they had that one little slip up, but you know, hence came Christina. But I love their friendship. I love how he gets it. He's like rough re-entry into the world, you know, and he's kind of telling her a little bit about his simpler life in Nixon Falls and Alexa's like yeah there's a rumor there's a son who's a little nicer and you're a little softer um I just their hug their smiles they're that just I love just everything about it is just real and again I know soap operas are fake but everything about their friendship seems seems real they they weren't able to work it out as a couple but they're good friends slash co-parents and I love it. And Alexis is just slaying her out of prison looks. I love everything about it. Her makeup, her hair, her dusters. Looks like she thinned out a little bit. Her jeans, her booty, booties, these turtlenecks. I mean, she is just slaying the out of prison clan. And I'm so here for it. Um, side note, Wednesday did start with a half-naked shower scene of Dante, which we um, didn't know we needed. <laughs> And then we have Carly go visit Phyllis. Um, I loved everything about this. And I'm going to break this down. But, you know, she is trying to be nice. She's trying to welcome Phyllis. Put everything else aside. You were good to my husband. You were there for him. You gave him a home. You gave him, you just made him feel comfortable. And he was at peace when he didn't know who he was. And I just think uh, put Carly's feelings aside of not knowing who he was. I think she really generally does appreciate that Phyllis was there for him. Will she appreciate that she kept this whole romantic Nina and Mike romantic relationship a secret? Probably not. But I think she will also understand it wasn't her place to say anything. But we see a more vulnerable side of Carly, which we don't really see Carly open up to a lot of people. So I was surprised that she opened up this much to Phyllis so soon um because I thought she was a little kind of intimidated about the life he had with her not around but I you know I loved it Phyllis was being as understanding as possible sticking up for Nina and but also not so much sticking up for Nina I think she was a good listener and being a good supporter and coming from a place of understanding you know because she's also has lost a husband and if somebody would have done that to her I think Phyllis would have you know reacted the same way but I also feel like she likes Carly and she's like you know you don't deserve this anger to live inside of you and you know Carly obviously makes a sad face and wants to hear her and hears her but that doesn't mean she hears her if you know what I'm saying but um they have a cute little kiki. I love how Carly's like, this dingy place, you're staying in that dingy room, which obviously shows the difference of levels where as far as like Carly and Phyllis are at. And not so much, again, not because Carly's this bougie person, but like Phyllis said, I, I want to keep it simple because Carly would just give, Carly would have gave her a penthouse suite for all that. So I thought that was pretty funny and just so Carly, so Carly, um, if it wasn't that Nina, how can I say this? 
we don't like Nina. We don't like what she did. We don't like how she did it. She forgets real quick. Okay, she knows she did something wrong, but then she forgets real quick that you did something wrong and you kept these people away from Sonny. Like, Sonny is Wiley's grandfather. Sonny is my, you know, if you're speaking in terms of Willow, Sonny is my father-in-law. Sonny is the man I love's father. So there's a lot of things that Nina is kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I kept it from. But at the same time, put all that aside, Phyllis does have a point when she's telling Carly, like, I know you're angry at her, but does she deserve to just be living in your head 24-7, basically, is what she says. And I agree. Like, just... <laughs> I Listen, I'm so mad at Sunny, and we'll get to that. Sunny needs to be honest. But Carly is giving Nina power over her because she is won't stop talking about her, always coming for her. And I agree, and I probably would do the same thing, and somebody would probably have to talk me down. But you you do give people that power when you're constantly obsessed over, obsessing over them or constantly want revenge on them or just constantly feeling like you have to look over your shoulder. You're really giving the enemy the power. So I get Phyllis's point there. But again, it's tough because I completely 1000% side with Carly on this too. But Car- Carly makes a good point when she says it again. She's like, I've known Sonny for 20 plus years and there's nine months of his life that I wasn't a part of and I don't know and it's hard for me to accept the fact that I wasn't there whether we're good on bad terms it's just hard for me to accept the fact that damn there's nine parts there's nine months of his life that I just know nothing about and this goes back to our conversation with Diane similar but in this scene I felt like is her ego kicking in a little bit is she I know she missed them and I know she grieved, but is this also a part of her like, that's my man. I love him. I'm in love with him. I'm head over heels over him. We see this, obviously. And I didn't know anything about what he did for nine months. So I don't know if it's a little bit of an ego thing with her as well. And also, again, mad because we have to figure out how to a way to rebuild and reconnect after losing nine months. And nine months isn't two months. Nine months is a latter part of a year. So I completely get where she's coming from. Just the way she said it to Phyllis, the way they directed that scene, I kind of felt like there was a little, little bit of her ego, ego that came through to that, that came through in that line. You know, and then we see Willow at the park with Wiley and we see Nina minding her business and then Wiley runs up to his grandma, which we never see him run up to Carly. (laughs) FYI, side note. Um, But we never see him run up to Carly and we see him run up to Nina. Obviously, it was for the scene. It was for the, the story of whatever went on that day between Nina and Willow and Wiley. But tis tisk willow for doing that and not i don't think she was wrong i just think when you're dealing with a corinthos cordamine you might want to take a step back and really um die the dissect what's about to happen and what you're doing you know corinthos cordamines they look at they love their kids and they'll do anything for their kids but they also look at them as property and they're really territorial. And obviously, we see that when Carly's fangs come out at the end of that episode. Um, but, you know, Nina, Nina, again, she's telling Willow, oh, no, I wasn't thinking. Yeah, you're right. You weren't thinking. And I just, I can't, nothing she says or does is justifiable to me. Even if she is respectful of Willow and she's like, all right, I'll stand back. She's not going to push Wiley away and say, you can't hug me. So I completely get that. Any second she gets, she's going to be happy with But again, she just can't grasp the fact because she was so in love with Mike, she can't grasp the fact of what she did to Sonny. And that really bothers me so much. Nina just bothers me. And I know this is a show and I know it's fake, but man, she gets under my skin. But again, such a good actress, such a good actress. I'll never take that away from Cynthia Wachos. And the next day we see Carly waste no time walking right up to Nina. Like, what are you doing? Stay with my grandson. You're a stalker. What the hell? Ready to call the cops. Totally, totally team Carly. 1000%. Um, and obviously Willow's like, whoa, whoa, chill out. It's not what happened. And you don't make that call. You don't make those decisions. 
And that's that. But I mean, that was cute. Willow standing up to Carly and you see Nina smirking. But you also see like Carly will eat Willow up. And we know this. And she wasted no time to go for the juggler. She came for her motherhood. She came. She made a comment as far as like, does Michael know this? Trying to come in between her and Michael. Um, You know, she knew. Willow knew Carly was ready to blow. And Willow thought, let me kind of let Carly know this is not what happened. But Carly does not have a say into who my son can see or not see. Carly doesn't. Michael does. Willow has no say at all, clearly. But um, I was ready. I thought she was going to go a little more in on Willow, which obviously out of respect for Michael, she didn't. But I was totally here for that. And all I kept saying, all I kept saying when Nina walks away and Sunny walks up is just keep walking, Sunny. Stay the hell away. Stay the hell, hell away. And boom, here comes Carly. Here, come Car- Here comes Carly about to eat Nina up to like, you're not sorry. Put that smirk, you know, put that little pout face away, which was true. And I said this on a post. Nina wants to smirk around Willow and pout around Sunny. And we see that trend ever since they've come back. And it really bothers me. Um, and, you know, Carly is like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, number one, the fact that Carly, that. Sunny was like, all right, everybody calm down in the middle of Carly yelling and just know you should always have your wife back, good, bad, or indifferent. You don't shut your wife down. And especially you can't blame Carly's number one, whether Carly knows or doesn't know about what happened between Sunny and Nina or like the, the relationship part of it. You can't blame her anyway. But so even if she does know, I would, she'd probably have more of a reason to bug out. But Sonny, you know, he starts to do that Friday, which we'll touch upon. But Sonny got to like, no way. Who is this? And I said this on my post. Like, if anyone needs to be conditioned, it's Sonny. He needs to deactivate his mic and activate his Sonny and stop with this. I'm confused. I don't know. I want to be nice to Nina. But, you know, I want to be there for my wife. And then he tells, we'll, we'll touch base on that. But anyway, again, I just, I think he needs to have Carly's back no matter what, no matter what. And, uh, you know, Willow, again, that was cute. She tried to defend herself and I think she, she's trying to do the right thing. But again, we see how she low key, little by little is advocating for Nina. And does it really have to do with Wiley or does she feel for Nina? Not really sure how that works. Um... I love how Sonny did go visit Brando at the hospital. You know, he is an offspring. His middle, his, the baby's middle name is going to be Mike. The last name is going to be Corbin. I think uh, this baby will be the one to lead the Corinthos organization. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why. I don't know what in that moment or in that scene, why I felt that. But I'm like, he's definitely part of the Corinthos family. And he's definitely going to be a Corinthos heir. And yeah, him and Brando are going to be running things. And I don't know if it's me. I don't know if you guys caught that. If you're a true General Hospital fan, you will know how Sonny's lecture in Brando on childbirth and why do you call it labor? It's the most painful but most beautiful thing, seeing your wife suffer but knowing that she's going to bring this beautiful creature into the world. Like, Sonny, you were only there for one of Carly's births, number one, and it was a C-section, and she probably labored for a quick second before you guys went to the OR and got the baby out. Like, stop it okay you were there for one birth and if you're a true general hospital fan you will agree with me and you know that's true and you know I'm team Sonny you know I love Sonny he does no wrong but no please don't don't be a hypocrite right now this is right now you were on thin ice with your fans the last thing you want to do is be a hypocrite okay stop it okay so I've been saying this for a while like Austin, mind your business. Austin, fall back. What the hell? You're like you're in too deep. And again, you don't realize that trying to trying to get at Brooklyn and trying to get revenge on Brooklyn, you're gonna you know you're bringing Maxie in as well, and you're gonna you know cause danger and harm to Maxie and her baby. And I know you don't know the details, but fall back. And I totally just want him to mind his business, but I also didn't like how Maxie tried to flip on him either. <laughs> like, okay. Austin, fall back, mind your business. I know you're trying to do good, but Maxie flips on him because she becomes very 
um, her thanks come out because now you're like, okay, now you're sabotaging the well-being of my daughter, of my kid. I had a good thing going with BLQ and now look what you're doing. Obviously, she doesn't go into detail and tell him why, but she flips on him. Literally, they go back and forth between like, I can't get too close to you because you were there for my daughter's birth. So you're a good guy. And then she's there for him at the court domains when he gives up the shares. And then now it's like, really, what kind of person are you? You're using Brooklyn to... You're using Gladys to get revenge on Brooklyn. You're not really a good friend to Gladys. You use Chase to get revenge on Michael and Willow. Like, we know. Yeah, we know he did those things. But you were able to look past that. And all of a sudden, you can't. And I get why. But figure out another way to go about it. I just wasn't a fan of her flipping on him, quite frankly. But obviously, we see a little bit of the beginning of the aftermath of the fallout of Valentine figuring out that Bailey is not his baby. I think great acting on her part great acting she is again another great performance of her this is this is the best i've seen um brooklyn act or amanda sutton act and the tears and the emotion and her saying like you know just whatever whatever the truth is or isn't what real what's real is that you know for all intents and purposes you are bailey's dad we have a family going the four of us my family, the Cordomay family, like we have a good thing going. And she's like, the only good thing I that has worked out, the only, the beautiful disaster of it all is that I, you know, she found that she could really care for somebody and do something good. And, you know, she got a good thing with Charlotte. She got a good thing with Valentine. So I get her on that part. But, you know, as we all know, this was going to fall out. This was going to fall out. And I like the fact that if Valentine, I like that he dismissed Gladys. If he's going to get the truth from anybody, let BLQ tell him. And I love the fact that he told Gladys, get out. And he made up this, He made up the, his decision. Like, if someone's going to tell me the truth, it's going to be you, Brooklyn. And she does. She eventually does. Um, I love how on Thursday at Crete, <laughs> Lizzo and Britt are like, all right, if basically, you know, I am my mother's daughter. And the, any chance we get, let's kill Peter. And Liesl's like, uh, duh. So I love how they were on the same page as far as that. And um, I love how Liesl made a point to tell Britt, like, you know, I know he feels more for you. He wouldn't be doing this if he didn't feel that much for you. And she's trying to, like, blow it off. But <sighs> I can't even get off. I can't even talk about that topic. I love it. Um, and, you know, she's true. She's like, you know, I, I like that you put your trust in, date in Jason and he'll do something for you because he cares for you. But if you want, basically, if you want something done, you got to get it done yourself. We got to figure out how to get out of here on our own. If for whatever fact, Jason doesn't make it out alive. Um, and of course, he makes it out of round one. He shoots the guard and is able to kind of get out his cuffs because he was not going to die at the hand of a guard. Um, and, you know, he gets out of round one. Well, he survived through round three. I don't know. At this point, it's been like round 10. But he does give Drew the gun. You know, he has to like condition Drew and be like, boom, but not condition him. We'll get him out of activation. And he gives Drew the gun, which I think was a little silly. Um, scared me a little bit as to what could happen next. But I felt like finally Crete became like one of the bigger stories because you know you see little things once a week here and there and then you wouldn't see them again so I love how it became more significant and it escalated and just great again I think great the way they told or telling that story the way Peter just pops up out of nowhere the word the way Jason pops up from Peter <laughs> pops up out of nowhere in regards to Peter like uh-uh you're not going anywhere Peter's like damn my pillion is just failing and failing and failing but I don't know. It's it's just like GH to give Peter the upper hand, which is a little annoying. But I guess Faison did for a while have the upper hand. I don't know. As Peter again escapes and snatches Obrecht and Brett through these little Cassidine Island caves or tunnels, I don't know, that are about to fall apart, clearly. I love like Peter and Obrecht's little banter. He's like, can you just shut up? Please shut up. I'm going to shoot one of you guys. He kept telling her to shut up because um, he's just trying to figure out how he's going to get out of there, how they're going to get back to the launch. And she's just nagging in his ear. He's so psycho, though. The yelling, the Drew's going to bring me Maxi. Like, what is wrong with him? I don't want to obsess over him, but he's so psycho. Obviously, the plan blows up. He goes to condition 
you know, Drew and Jason pop up on him. He goes to try to condition Drew. Jason shoots him. Again, he's able to get up and score him out of there somewhere. But um, I loved the whole hug once they finally found Brynn Liesel, how he, she hugged Jason and, like, was stroking his, the back of his head. And then when he goes, well, you know, you know, we got to give some credit to Britt. She's the one who brought the card over to me. And she, like, kind of grabs his arm and puts her head on the shoulder. Like, I loved every second of it. I've never fawned over such over a couple the way I do over Sunny Carly, like I am over Brit and Jason. However long that last, that looked like it could have been one of the last hugs. <sighs> I don't know, but we'll see what happens next week. I thought Friday, everyone kept like Frank Valentine and all the, all the clips and all the spoilers and all the recaps to General Hospital kept saying Friday was going to be the fallout of it all. And they just, they're lying. <laughs> they're keeping us hooked. And I don't know if this is going to play out for another two weeks. I don't know because we're not even going to get episodes Thursday and Friday because of the holiday weekend. So when is this going to end? My goodness. Uh, Sasha's in labor. Something happened where the placenta disconnected from the baby. and Now she has to have an emergency C-section. And listen, it's sad but true. The reality of childbirth and labor going wrong is a true and scary reality. And I love how GH kind of highlights that. Not in a, you know, not in a good way, not in a glorifying way, just showing how things can go wrong and, you know, and Brandel's there to support her and you have Nina, which I thought was cute that Nina showed up and Maxie there to help her and support her. But it's good that they kind of make a point to share those stories, I think. Again, I'm not a mother, I could imagine, but I mean, I can't imagine. And everyone hopes for like a seamless, healthy childbirth and sometimes it doesn't go as smooth. And Sasha, you know, the actress had a baby in real life. So I think she played that part really where being scared, being in labor, you know. Um, so we'll see. I, obviously, we didn't hear baby crying. But I, I can't imagine that they're not going to have. So they're not going to let Sasha and Brandon have their baby. I just can't imagine that. Like, obviously, Thanksgiving's coming up. They're going to have their baby at a holiday. It just may be them three. But um, I'm optimistic to know that they will have a healthy baby. As Nina and Maxie check up on Sasha, they have their own little kiki and she's honest. Well, she's always been honest because we forget because we're so caught up with Nina knowing about Sunny and being such a liar and manipulator on that story arc. We forget that she does know the truth about Bailey Louise. Um, so she's just, you know, Maxie's confiding in Nina about it. And Nina, of course, before I even get the chance to be like, you hypocrite, she brings it up herself. She's like, you know, if you would have told him sooner, the fallout wouldn't have been as bad. And now it's going to be bad. And I don't really know how to walk you through it, but it's going to be a bad. <laughs> and uh, similar to what I should have done. I should have told Sonny before he fell in love with me, just like Valentine fell in love with Bailey. I should have told him the truth. The fallout wouldn't have been as big. But also she's being selfish because she probably feels like if I would have told them earlier, I wouldn't have caught these feelings. Again, no regards for his family. No regards for anyone else who suffered, you know, as far as anyone who grieved Sonny. It's just I felt like that came from a place of, damn, if he would have known and I would have been honest, I wouldn't have fell for him and I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have these hurt, confusing feelings. That's where that came from. And I hate how the scene ended with him Sunny and Nina locking eyes at Charlie's. And I, I hate even more that we see a quick two-second scene of her talking to him at Charlie's because obviously she's thinking about Sasha's childbirth and I think it just triggers her childbirth or her non-existent motherhood. I don't know. Just so annoyed by it. So annoyed by it. But before that, Sunny and Carly have you know, a conversation at the pumpkin patch or whatever that was. And Carly's like, don't you get it? Why are you not mad? I thought we had an agreement. Whoever's coming for our family, we're going to come for them tenfold. We're going to teach them a lesson and they can't do it again. If not, we're going to get, they're going to get justice served to them. And I really thought he was going to tell the truth. And I'm like, uh, makes sense. Cliffhanger Friday. We're going there. And maybe he was, honestly, if it wasn't for Bobby pulling up, Maybe he would have went there. He went to grab her hand and kind of say, listen, 
we we led he always starts with we both led different lives like oh I'm not the only culprit here that's what I think he does but he started to go there and it was it was a gut punch to her to find that they were even friends so I think little by little she's like wait something's up and she, you know he's like a lot of things has changed and I love how she's like grabbing his jacket like okay but we haven't changed we're still a couple we still love each other, right? Like, she looks so scared. And I just felt that in my soul for her. Like, things change. And okay, you two are friends. But uh, we're married. <laughs> so none of that has changed. At some point, since you've been back, probably multiple times, we've had sex in our bed as a married couple. All of a sudden, things change. No, sorry, unacceptable. Um but I, again, I love how Carly just the the eye, the face acting, just the vulnerability, how she's scared and loves her man. And I think this was a little foreshadow of they're going to go through some they're going to go through some uh, rocky moments. But I don't think she's going to give her man up that easy. That's what I get from this. I think she's going to be mad. He lied. And I think she's going to be because there's times where she left him in the past, but he always wanted her. You know, he would always fight to get her back. This time, I think she's going to fight to keep him because she sees that he might be into someone else. Because that's how the psychology of women works sometimes. <laughs> yes, we're psycho like that. And, you know, you got Bobby in her ear. Like, you know, so it's tough to work through a marriage when you feel like there's a third person involved. And you saw kind of... Carly's light bulb go off like all right Jason ain't the issue and I said this a few pods ago Jason isn't going to be the issue and Nina's going to be the issue so we'll see how that works I'm excited I'm a low-key little excited for this to play out I hate what Nina's doing I hate what Sonny's doing and how he's going about this but I'm excited to see how Carly is going to deal go through this and deal with it and what process She's going to take to get revenge probably on both of them at this point because, you know, it's just completely unacceptable. But if we want to really get into Bobby spilling and getting in people's head, she's was spilling to Chase about, you know, yeah, we were at Beatrice Corner and Maxie had a whole different plan as far as giving birth. She just wanted to give birth far away from Peter. Whatever that plan was, I don't know, but I was going to help her. And of course, Chase, Chase light bulbs go off. And goes to right away, figures it all out, and runs right over to the hospital to talk to BLQ and Valentine and says he's the baby's daddy, which come through Chase. Come through. I'm sure he's so happy. Not I'm sure he's pissed about it and not happy about it. But I do believe that he's doing whatever he can to protect the baby. So we'll see what happens. Um again, just great scenes between Brooklyn and Valentine. I wasn't a fan of Valentine's crying. It wasn't it wasn't that convincing, but you know, I understand what Brooklyn did was wrong and I understand Valentine being upset, but like let's not act like you didn't do some pretty shitty things either Valentine. Like cut it out. You've done like you legit attempted murder on Nick, on Val, on um, Ava. Like on a lot you were even going to steal Spencer at some point. Like you've done some pretty crappy things. So let's not act like what Brooklyn did was beneath you because you would do some shit like that. You faked a daughter for Nina. Nina, like, cut it out. This is this is what irks me, that he's being a little hypocritical. And I don't know the anger and the emotion is coming from the fact that he really fell in love with Bailey. And like he told Brooklyn, I fell in love with her the moment I found out you were pregnant, which Brooklyn probably didn't understand the concept because she wasn't really pregnant, you know? And she didn't really give Valentine the benefit of the doubt until she the baby was born, but I just felt like let's, you know, you, you got to forgive her. You got to come to some sort of understanding because, you you know, stop it. I guess we'll finish off with um, Willow and the punching bag. I legit thought she saw Carly's face because I think Carly pissed her off more than Nina did um, at the pumpkin patch or wherever they were. <laughs> and, you know, Carly, again, was coming for her motherhood, was trying to like kind of come in between her and Michael saying, you know, like, you think Michael's going to be okay with this? Like, Carly was not holding back. And I think that really is what pissed Willow off. She's not going to tell Michael that, but she kind of told Michael what went down. And Michael's all the way team Carly. Like, I don't I don't mind the vision of Nita going away in cuffs. I don't mind seeing that. And obviously, it's not what happened. But again, he explains 
To Willow, like Nina's coming for you because you're the weak one. Nina knows that me and my family, son, including Sonny at some point, were conniving. We played dirty. You don't operate that way. Again, another mention of you don't belong, but I love you. That's just my opinion because Willow is does not operate like that. Sonny and Carly are Sonny and Carly because she says what's bad in you brings out what's bad in me. And that's why they're good for each other. Carly has said this in the past to each other, to Sonny, but they feed off each other's connivingness. They feed off each other's evilness. They feed off each other's badassness. That's why they're good at what they do. That's why they're good when they're good and they're bad when they're bad because they go low. They go when when they go low, they go low. When they go high, they go high, basically. And Willow's just not there. And I do know Willow's like really trying to get Michael to understand like why does Wiley have to be punished in this all? But Wiley is a young kid and he has enough family, <laughs> in my opinion, to get over this. You know, I guess that's not fair to say. But I just feel like Willow is going so hard for Nina where Michael's like, can we just like she's not even worth our time right now. I love how they're communicating and throwing blows and punching like that's their form of communicating. But hey, at least they're communicating. But um, I'm starting to see like a, um, a line in the sand. I'm starting to see Carly Michael on one side, Willow, Nina sunny somewhere in the middle <laughs> but uh it's gonna get ugly it's gonna get ugly before it gets better we have all of winter and spring to see how this pops off i just want them to have their thanksgiving i just want them to have their happy thanksgiving and then whatever happens for new year's whatever happens through valentine's day whatever happens through those holidays fine but can they just have a good thanksgiving and christmas like please that's all i want for carson and the Corinthos clan, because it's what they deserve. Nine months apart, like, right now, the kids, Donna, Avery, like, can they just, can they at least see Carly and Sonny and ha- happy together for a, for the time being, for the moment, even if, it's, if, even if it's fleeting right now? It's what the family deserves, in my opinion. And Nina and um, Phyllis could have ramen noodles at Charlie's don't really care. (laughs) Anyway, have a great weekend and have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. I don't think I'll be able to come out with a new episode, but I do have pre-recorded content for you guys next week. We're going to enjoy the holidays, bask in the moment with my family, but I'll be back the following week, probably with a little bit of a longer podcast because I I am going to cover episodes Monday through Wednesday plus the following week. So enjoy your time with your family however it is that you guys celebrate the holiday, if you celebrate the holiday. If not, just have a great week ahead. All right? Bye.